Good morning. How are you today? Boy, it's great to be in front of you again and be able to give you a word from the Lord. I'm super excited about the message. I actually thought Pastor Valerie was going to preach my message this morning, but she stopped short. But it was a very good synopsis in a minute. I'm going to take a little bit more than a minute this morning. Cindy and I, again, we just want to thank you so much, the church here, for your support. We covet it. We appreciate it. And there are others here who give individually as well. And God uses you to touch the lives of the Haitians. You know, Andrew Womack says, you know, I'm not worried about me. God's going to take care of me. And that's truth. God's taking care of Cindy and I. But I wish that all of you could just be in Haiti for a few days just to see the Haitians as we're providing food, as we're providing clothes or shelter. And of course, as we're providing the gospel and impacting and changing lives. I wish you could see their faces, but I want you to truly understand that God is impacting the nation of Haiti through each and every one of us. There's scriptures about if you receive a prophet in a prophet's name, you will receive a prophet's reward. And this isn't in the Word, but I believe it's true. As you support a missionary, you will receive a missionary's reward. And so I, I believe at the end of all this, praise God, Jesus is going to be able to look at each and every one of us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Our uh, ministry is called Heart of the Father. We sang about it, Wonderful Maker. That is where the name of our ministry came from. And most of you have heard the word that I've taught on Heart of the Father. We know what the Heart of the Father is. Amen? Unsurpassable love. And we know who the Heart of the Father is. Amen? Who's the Heart of the Father? Jesus. Amen. Jesus is awesome. Amen? Jesus is awesome. Say that with me. Jesus is awesome. Turn to your neighbor and tell them Jesus is awesome. <laughs> you know, Jesus completely reveals who God is. I teach this all the time in Haiti. Nothing else is needed. No one else is needed. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. And He has revealed God as a father. Through the Gospel of John, through all the Gospels, you see this thread, and he's revealing God as your father. Not just in title. Our God doesn't want a title. Amen? He wants relationship. You know, and that's why I love Triumphant Grace Ministries. That's what this church is all about. It's all about exalting Jesus. It's all about bringing us into a relationship with our Father. The Father wants you to know that you are His beloved child. That you are that special to Him. He wants you to come to Him and be able to call Him your beloved, precious Father. Your Abba. Jesus showed us the Father. He showed us who He is. A father full of love and full of goodness. 
He spent three and a half years ministering on the earth, preaching, teaching the Word of God and the Kingdom of God. In Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus didn't come on His own. He came with the anointing of our Father, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was in him. He was God. You know, an, an oppression by the devil means a lot more than being possessed by the devil or, or having a demon and being delivered. The oppression of the devil comes in the forms of sickness and disease. Jesus came to heal all. He is so good. Three and a half years he did this, and then on top of that, to show us the depth of the love of the Father, he went to the cross and gave his life for us. No greater love. Sometimes I think we forget the power of the cross and what Jesus did there. When I was at Andrew Womack's conference this past week, the theme there was, magnify the cross, not your loss. In other words, if we focus on the cross, if we focus on Jesus and what he did for us, and that is what we see, all those problems just become as nothing in light of the love of the Father and all that Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. But not only that, after three days, three days after the cross, Jesus was resurrected, amen? Luke 24. Angels are speaking to women who came to the tomb. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, the angels said to the women, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Jesus is living, amen? Revelation 1, 18. Jesus himself tells us, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen? He is alive. Praise God. He is alive. But my question for you this morning is how do you see the alive one? How do you see Jesus in your mind's eye, in your imagination? We think in pictures. In other words, if I say dog to you, the letters D-O-G don't appear in your mind. A picture of a dog appears there. And each of us have a different picture of a dog. I ask you, what is your picture of Jesus? You know, we are inundated in this world and in churches that perhaps we've grown up with, pictures, false pictures, false ideas of Jesus. You know, at Christmas time, all of us tend to picture Jesus as a baby in a manger, right? Very cute, comforting, but that's not who Jesus is. At the Passover season, Easter, we picture a God-man hanging on a cross. You know, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and probably some of you were as well, 
there's so many homes you can go into and you see the crucifix hanging on a wall. But that's not who Jesus is. Some of us may have other pictures in our minds. I believe this is probably the most reproduced painting of Jesus ever. You've all seen this picture before? Yes? It's everywhere. Amen? How many of you know this is not Jesus? Or this picture, a beautiful picture. My mother does wonderful needlepoint work. And actually, my daughter Stacy has a picture very similar to this hanging in her house. It's a beautiful picture of the Good Shepherd. But this is not Jesus as he is today. Again, I ask, how do you see Jesus? Do we see a Jesus that was revealed to us in the Gospels? Jesus of Nazareth, the traveling preacher. The Father described Jesus of Nazareth in Matthew chapter 12, verses 17 through 20. This is from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 3. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Jesus of Nazareth. Is this how we see Jesus? You know, I read and study the Gospels a lot. It is where the majority of my messages come from. So it is a very easy, a very natural response to see Jesus in this way as he was. But this morning, I want to challenge each and every one of you to be willing to open your minds and your hearts to receive new revelation knowledge about Jesus. And this knowledge will come through the very Word of God. There is no greater truth. Jesus is awesome. But He is much, much more awesome than we can even begin to picture Him. From this day and on to eternity. I want you to begin to see Jesus as he is today, not as he used to be. That's why I've entitled this morning's message, The Greater Jesus. I want to reintroduce him to you and for you to come to know him in all his present day glory. So you might ask, Pastor Jeff, why is this so important? Because following any leader, we must fully know that leader. You're not going to follow a leader you don't know. And fully knowing a leader is knowing their character, their heart, and it's also knowing their power and their authority. It's important because it will affect and form your opinion about that person. And it will determine your loyalty or rather your trust in that leader. If Pastor Mark was elected President of the United States, you 
would be able to follow him. Yes? Because you will know the power and authority he has as president, but because you also fully know his character. You will believe when he tells you something, you will trust that it gets done. It's the same when it comes to Jesus. He is the king of the kingdom. He is our king, amen? It's our calling to follow him. How you see him will determine what you are able to believe him for. It will determine your level of trust in him. So how do you personally see Jesus? Do you see him as being far away upon his throne? Do you see him as somewhat removed from your daily situation? Or is he near to you, willing to help always? Or perhaps do you see him as limited in certain things? Brothers and sisters, if you receive this word, this revelation of the greater Jesus, I guarantee you that your faith will be strengthened. It will rise to a place where we can truly live every moment of our life by faith. Because we know who Jesus is. So are you ready to receive from the Lord? Ready to be blessed? So I urge you, hear this truth. Receive it and get it settled in your heart. The Jesus who arose from the dead, who came out of the tomb, was a different Jesus than the one the Romans crucified. I hear some of you thinking, but Pastor Jeff, Hebrews says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's true. Amen? His character, His love for us, His holiness, His righteousness, His compassion, His mercy, His grace, it's the same Jesus. All that He was and claimed to be, He still is. He is still the great I am. He is still our brother and our friend. He is still our good shepherd. He is still our way, our truth, and our life. Amen? He is still our bread of life and the true vine. But yet, the resurrected Jesus was different. He was changed. The stone that was rolled away from the tomb was not rolled away to let Jesus out. It was to show us that Jesus was no longer there. The resurrected Jesus, the greater Jesus, has no barriers. After his resurrection, he appeared twice to his disciples in that closed upper room. Walls are not a barrier. Time, distance is not a barrier. We know he went and spoke with the Father after he was resurrected, and came back that same day. Not only does he not have barriers, but listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you know in the Greek language, the word all, you know what it means? All. Amen? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And that word authority in the Greek language also means power 
and dominion. All of it is in Jesus. He has it all. Even from the Old Testament, Psalm 145, verse 13, the psalmist writes, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. That's now, folks. Amen? Jesus has all power and authority now. His kingdom endures now. Not someday. Today, Jesus is no longer the same Jesus who was born as a baby. He is no longer the same Jesus who grew up and worked as a carpenter for many, many years. He is not even the same Jesus who ministered and taught for three and a half years or the one who went to the cross and was crucified. That Jesus had barriers. He was restricted by his physical flesh. That Jesus got tired. You know, that Jesus was very much like you and me. Jesus of Nazareth, he needed to rest and to sleep. He got hungry and thirsty. And he needed to take care of himself physically. Now, I assure you, this isn't blasphemy, but do you know that Jesus needed to bathe? Otherwise, Jesus was a smelly Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth could only be in one place at a given time. And he had a walk to get there. Just like you and me. Now I love the Jesus of the Gospels and all his teachings. But that's not the Jesus we should see today in our mind's eye or the one we should be worshiping. The resurrected, the glorified Jesus of today has no limits. We need to see and worship the greater Jesus who has all power and all authority. So again I ask, you may ask, why is this so important for me personally? Because not only is He our King, but because the Jesus of today, the greater Jesus, is the one who's living inside you. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but the greater Jesus lives in me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is the greater Jesus in you, the hope of glory. So this morning I want to continue to reveal the one who lives in us today, right now. We are going to spend the rest of our time in the book of Revelation, and we are going to read and learn from this book, Revelation 1.1. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants. In the Greek language, the word revelation means unveiling. The book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ as He is today. One of the last books written for the New Testament. It shows us who Jesus is. It's a revelation that comes from Jesus, but it's a revelation about Jesus Himself. Here you will see the greater Jesus much more fully revealed. 
This revelation was given to the Apostle John on the island of Patmos many years after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. This revelation is of Jesus as he was then and still is today. Herein is the greater Jesus. Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. The Apostle John writes, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. And of course, that's Jesus' favorite expression describing himself in the Gospels. It was clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. This description is an even greater description of what we see from the Mount of Transfiguration. Many similarities. Matthew 17, 2, And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Mark chapter 9, verse 3, His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Luke chapter 9, verse 29, As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. We got a preview of the greater Jesus at the transfiguration. Now, Jesus as he is today is being revealed in his glory. In the passage of Revelation, it talks about Jesus walking in the midst of the seven lampstands and holding in his right hand seven stars. Jesus tells us what that is in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. And Jesus is walking in the midst of the seven lampstands or the seven churches. Jesus is in the midst of his church today. He's in the midst of us today. He is not gone far away. He is here with us. And he holds the angels of the seven churches in his right hand. Now, word angels in the Greek language means messengers. So Jesus is in full control of his church today. Any messenger that he sends to the church is in his hand. Jesus knows exactly what's going on with the church, and he's in full control. It says also, in Revelation 1, Jesus' voice was as the sound of many waters. What does many waters sound like? I think it sounds like power and boldness. It's unmistakable. It's not quiet. 
And remember, Jesus of Nazareth, he didn't cry out in the streets. This Jesus has a strong voice. It says that out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. But I want to skip down to where John says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. If you could say that Jesus had a best friend when he walked the earth, it would be the Apostle John. He knew the love of Jesus personally. He was the one who leaned against Jesus at the Last Supper. But John is in awe of the greater Jesus. This greater Jesus was changed. All power and authority was his. This whole passage that we read is about the glory and the power and the authority of the greater Jesus, the Jesus of today. And you know that Jesus described himself throughout the book of Revelation. We know Jesus as the great I Am from the Gospel of John. We know that in Exodus chapter 3, God gives Moses his name, says, I am who I am. But now Jesus gives us an even deeper understanding of who he is. The great I am. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That word Almighty, it means ruler of all, which is now, not someday. Jesus is the ruler of all. He's the beginning and the end. He is the Eternal One. He's revealing Himself as the Eternal One. In verse 11, He says it again in case we didn't get it the first time. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Now, Alpha and Omega are the first letters and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And what do letters do? They form words. He's also the first and the last. Jesus is saying that He has the first word and the last word in your lives. I don't care what doctors have spoken over you or what family has spoken over you that may be not so good. It's Jesus who has the first word and the last word in every situation of your life today. Verse 17, again, in case we didn't get it the first two times, John says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. As we sang today, as Pastor Valerie spoke to us, He is our everything. He is our all in all. He's undescribable. 
But we need to start seeing in our mind's eye a picture of this greater Jesus. The one who said, I have the keys of Hades and death. What does that mean? Hebrews 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. He not only defeated the devil, he destroyed him. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's destroyed the devil. He's abolished death. That is a powerful, powerful word. That's the greater Jesus who's living in you. And he brings it to light through the good news. He is so good. The verses that we just read were all from the beginning of Revelation. Jesus also spoke the same thing at the end of Revelation. Don't you love him? He keeps telling us and telling us and telling us so that we will get it. At the end of the book of Revelation, some final words from Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is still the Good Shepherd. Amen. He's still the door. He's still all those things, but so much more. He is everything. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords, the greater Jesus. You know, four times in this passage that we read, it refers to his name or what he is called. And we know it's Jesus, but you won't find Jesus in this passage. It's as if the Holy Spirit was trying to move us past the image of Jesus of Nazareth to see him for who he truly is today in all his glory. I spoke about a sharp sword in the last passage, and it's here again. We don't normally think of Jesus with a sword, do we? Not Jesus of Nazareth. For a sword is a weapon. It's an offensive 
weapon, the one you attack with. Jesus has this sword. Even in Revelation chapter 2, verse 16, Jesus is speaking to His church. I would urge you to go to this passage and read it in its context. But He's saying, repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of My mouth. He's speaking of those who are bringing false doctrine into His church. He's not afraid to use the sword. It says He judges and makes war but He does it in righteousness. He will strike the nations with His Word. Jesus also said in Matthew 16, verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build My church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Do we understand what that means? The church is not to be laid back and preventing the attacks of the enemy coming against us, we are to be on the offensive. And Jesus here is promising us victory against the gates of Hades. Jesus wants us to be on the attack, just as He is on the attack against evil. And that last line, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Do you ever stop and think who all the kings are that Jesus is king of? Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. And this is from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You and I are the kings already, right now. And He is our King, the greater Jesus. The One who has no barriers. The One who has all power and all authority. Praise God. Isn't the greater Jesus just awesome? What an awesome God! Brothers and sisters, my prayer and hope for you is that the greater Jesus becomes more than a message or a teaching for you, but it becomes the reality in your life. Just like God's love, the love of the Father cannot be just a doctrine for you. You must know His love personally for you in order for it to revolutionize your life. The greater Jesus is not a doctrine. Amen? It is reality. And if you can grasp this reality, the reality of the greater Jesus, of all that He was and still is, and yet so much more, if this is the Jesus you see in your mind's eye and know He is alive and living in you, your faith will be strengthened. Amen? You will know that in your heart that nothing is impossible for God. All fears in your life will go. Because perfect love casts out fear. And the greater Jesus is still the same Jesus who loved you so much that He allowed Himself to be scourged and crucified and die. For you. 
The greater Jesus is within you, and He is for you, and He is love. If you see this reality, if you know this reality, you will know that all your prayers are answered. You will become bold and courageous because you know the one who is living inside you and you will see the power of God flow through you for his glory and to advance his kingdom. Jesus addresses his church in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And he says, Behold, I, the greater Jesus, stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. We see the greater Jesus' heart. He wants an intimate, personal relationship with us. The next to the last verse of the Bible. I hope we all say this. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Is this your prayer and your invitation? I pray that you will invite the greater Jesus into your life. That you will worship and fellowship with Him. If you do, your life will never be the same. It will indeed be the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. John 10.10 I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. May you receive the greater Jesus and receive the fullness of that abundant life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for the greater Jesus, for who He is, of how He is alive and living in us today. Father, we ask that You would give us continual revelation knowledge into the beauty of our Savior. Everything that's available in and through Him. Father, we receive Him now and we ask that Your will be done in our lives just as it is being done in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you.